If you're a parent, teacher, or school leader, and you're sick and tired of the frustration, anger, and unfair treatment of children at high risk in our public schools, then perhaps it's time for all of us to do something about it. In this podcast, Dr. Amitra Berry brings you tips, tools, strategies, and tactics to build successful solutions while touching, moving, and inspiring all of us to transform our schools so that every child thrives. Here's your host, Dr. Berry. Welcome back, Equity Warriors. Thanks for joining me. You know, together, we are out to change the conversation about equity in education. We're about changing the trajectories of the lives of marginalized and oppressed children, not just in the United States, but around the globe. I cannot do this alone. And I know you're sharing this message. Thank you so much for doing that. But I have a special ask for you today. If you know of a conference or organization or event that needs to hear this message, that needs to understand why this is so important at this time in our history with what's going on in our schools, in our world, get them connected. I've put a special email down in the notes for this episode. It's drb at almitraberry.com. Have them listen to an episode. Give them that email address. Let's get this message out to larger audience. You and I together, we as a community, we can affect change. Let's do this. Welcome back, Equity Warriors. Thanks so much for joining me. You know, together, we are changing the conversation about equity in education. We are changing the trajectories of the lives of marginalized and oppressed children not just in the United States, but we're doing this around the globe. I cannot thank you enough. I am not doing this alone. You are a huge part of it. So today, let's talk about the bullshit of performative equity. According to the Feminist Research Institute at my alma mater, UC Davis, go Aggies, Performative equity refers to the actions, words, or gestures that claim to do equity work, but in practice, do not improve matters for those who are historically oppressed. And in turn, it reinforces the root systems of dominance and the status quo. Authentic equity, on the other hand, authentic equity work results in meaningful change and it's changed to those that are most impacted by historical racism and oppression. By the end of this episode today, folks, I'm going to give you a checklist so that you can determine whether you or the organizations that you work with, your systems, or maybe it's just a system that you are looking at and working on, but you'll be able to determine whether or not it's performance or authenticity in that equity work. So why is this bugging me today? I can't tell you how many times I have talked to leadership in an organization as part of my work where they say that they want to engage in equity work. They want to deal with racism in their educational system. They want to deal with oppression. They want to do the work. That's why they call me. As we go through the process and the work begins, there is always information that comes out. I'm a big data person. 
you know, this, the work that I do is not about, this is opinion a lot of times, but it's always backed by facts and data. So when I'm working with a system, I use information through surveys, observations, interviews, all different methods of gathering information, test scores, student outcomes. And when that data is examined through the lens of equity, very often the very people who may jump up and down that they are excited and can't wait to get started and they want to do this work on equity are offended by the data. They are offended when systems are called out for their racism. And unfortunately, sometimes those systems, those very same people in positions of power, because what they are hearing is not what they had hoped to hear, it's not what they were ready to hear, they cancel the work. They just stop. If they can't stop, because sometimes, very often, it is politically dangerous to stop doing the work of equity once it's started, once it's known, they severely restrict the scope of the work. So performative versus authentic. How do you know? I'm going to give you six things that you can use as a checklist to make that determination. Number one, define equity. You cannot engage in work if you don't know what the work is. The first thing that has to be done as the work begins is to have a clear and precise definition and vision to drive the work. What does equity mean in this system? It has to be specific. It has to be precise. You have to name exactly what it is. And that doesn't mean to pull some little cute pie in the sky. Wrestle with it. This should not be easy. Now, I always use, I always provide a simple definition for equity without bias against or favoritism for, that's it, without bias against or favoritism for any group, any thought, any idea. But that's a huge all-encompassing. And for different systems, you have to refine that definition. So that's number one, define equity. And once you define it, everyone needs to know what it is. Everyone needs to understand that definition and understand the importance of it. And that's why having that vision to drive the work is important as well. That was number one, define equity. Number two is know the history. You need to know the history of the people in that system or that system, let's talk schools, the neighborhoods, the community, that the system affects. What is the history of the marginalized and oppressed peoples in that system or impacted by that system? Understand where those people are coming from, understand where those people have been, understand what those people have been through. Not history, dates and times, but history, the stories, the lived experiences of the most marginalized and oppressed peoples in your system. So Black, Brown, Asian, Indigenous, LGBTQIA. Who are the oppressed peoples, the people of color, the people of diversity in that system? Know their history. And then number three, learn about the inequities. So it's great that you now know the history, but you have to dive deep into where did those oppressive systems, where did those inequities germinate? Understand the inequities. What is it that some people, and in most places we're talking white middle-class people, what is it that they're getting that people of color, people of diversity, people who are oppressed 
what are they not getting? Where's the inequity? For example, in a school system, you might just look at the provision gap or the excellence gap. You can look at disproportionality and suspensions and expulsions. You can look at, I just did an episode on gifted identification. What are the inequities? Learn about them. Number four, you have to keep a learner's mindset. You have to remain curious, but at the same time, you have to be honest and critically transparent. If leadership especially is dishonest or not transparent, opaque, let's say, not giving you the full story, then you don't have a learner's mindset. You're checking a box. You are sitting in the room because you have to sit there in order to say that we're doing this thing. We're doing DEI work. But again, that's the bullshit of the performative. It is not authentic. In keeping that learner's mindset as well, you have to be humble. I always talk about cognitive humility when I do sessions, when I do workshops with groups. And that cognitive humility, that's the idea that our brains are capable of learning and absorbing new information and experiences forever, indefinitely. And if we have cognitive humility, we're able to have that learner's mindset. What we have to, the humility side of it is recognizing, understanding, and being able to accept that our way of thinking may not be right, that our worldview is not the only worldview, and that it might be warped, it could be racist. We have to have that cognitive humility if we're going to have a learner's mindset, if we're going to be transparent, if we're going to be honest, and if we're going to be curious. So number four, keep that learner's mindset. Number five is focus on retention, holding on. Once systems have been created that are equitable, once policies have been shifted to be equitable, once curriculum has been adopted and implemented through a lens of equity, you have to hold on to it. And it's not just those things, it's also the people. One of the highest, or actually, as I understand it, the highest corporate position that's turned over is the equity person, whether it's the chief equity officer, or the DEI coordinator, whatever it is, that person has a high, high turnover rate for many reasons. And I've talked about that before, and maybe we'll do an episode on it a little more detailed again. But we also have to recruit and retain teachers that have some demographic match, some parity to the children that they serve. So it's not enough to go out and recruit people of color, LGBTQIA people, people who speak the languages and maybe share some of the lived experiences of your learners, people who have a mindset to work with the children in your system. You got to keep them there. And if we're talking just about educators, let's talk just about educators. Teaching can be a very lonely, certainly isolated job because you are not with your peers all day. You're with children all day. You go into your room, you close the door, you see your peer teachers in the faculty lounge or before school, after school in a meeting, maybe in passing in the hallway, but you're not sitting with adults all day long. So we have to have systems in place, support systems, particularly, 
particularly for teachers, educators of color in systems where they are the minority to overcome that isolation and to make them feel as though they're honestly, not as though their work is valued and their presence there is valued, but honestly to value who they are. Because if you truly value who they are, if this is authentic and not performative, then we're going to create those supports and systems. We're going to create those affinity groups so that those teachers have a peer group to share, to connect, to talk about lived experiences, to work through challenges. If you are retaining, if you're going to retain people, particularly in systems where you are truly shifting and increasing the numbers, increasing your diversity, you're also going to have to shift your culture because if you don't change the culture of the organization, you won't be able to retain the people that you've recruited. So invest on equity practitioners as well. I know it's very popular in school systems to send a couple of people to a conference and say, we're going to build this ourselves. We're going to use our own in-house talent. Your in-house talent may not cut it. There are experts, many of us out here who do nothing but this work. This is our life. Use experts. Invest in those equity practitioners to help you with this. So that was number five, focusing on retention. Number six, shift funding structures and priorities. Your relationships that you have both internally within an organization and externally with members of the community, organizations that are invested in the community and doing community work, not just education, external groups that may represent a specific group of people. Who are they? And what are your relationships with them? You need to have, you need to prioritize establishing those relationships. You also have to, as part of this work, address the past injustices, as well as creating a future that is just for the people in that system. Address the past, but create a future that is just. And we don't do that unless we fund it and we prioritize it. So check your funding and check your priorities. So that's six. One, define equity. Two, know the history. Three, learn about the inequities. Four, keep that learner's mindset. Five, focus on retention. And six, shift funding structures and priorities. You need six to be authentic, not five, four, three, two, or one. That's performative. Six, check your actions. Defining, understanding, learning, investing, and shifting. Call bullshit when you see it because performative equity is just that bullshit. Or as my high school Latin teacher, Mr. Souza taught us, Taurus Sturkor. And then if you know of a conference organization or event that needs to hear this message, get them connected to me. That email down in the notes, drb at almitraberry.com will connect them to me directly. Then continue to join me every week. Send me your questions, topics, and requests to askdrberry.com and I will answer those questions, bring you experts to help address those topics. We have got some great interviews coming up soon. I hope you will continue to join me and don't worry about things you cannot change. Let's change the things we can no longer accept. That's it for today's episode of the 3E Podcast. Head over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in a grand prize drawing to win a $25,000 value private VIP day with Dr. Barry herself. Be sure to head over to 3epodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Dr. Barry's gift. Then join us on the next episode.